This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Inside Story on BFM 89.9. Good evening, you're with Lee Chui Lin and Sharad Kutin. Tonight, how will Rakan Muda shape Malaysian youth? The program's back in the headlines after the Ministry of Youth and Sports recently discussed Rakan Muda's reintroduction. Thus, we'll be checking in on how it can shape or reshape Malaysian youth identity and unity. Then later, we'll be hearing from a student rep. Let us know. Essentially, uh, do you think that programs like this contribute to national unity and what values should our youth culture focus on? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Tweet us at BFM Radio and send us a voice note or WhatsApp at our U Mobile number 018-789-8899. This is Inside Story. It is 6.09. So, um, in essence, this is coming about because last weekend, Adam Adli, uh, Deputy Minister of Youth and Sports, said that the Rakan Muda program is one of the efforts in in line to build the identity of youth in this country. Um, he said that it has successfully produced a Madani generation capable of interacting with society at large. Um, this was after officiating a state-level National Sports Day celebration on Saturday. Uh, and actually... Perhaps, so we've had the Deputy Minister weigh in on this, but also last month, our friends on the morning run spoke to the Youth and Sports Minister, Hannah Yeo, on the Rakan Muda revamp. Um, and maybe to paint us a better picture of it, we'll be playing off some of these clips. So first, uh, here is Hannah explaining what's different with th- this new programme compared to the previous ones. Now, why? how is it different? We now have 10 uh, Gaya Hidop, 10 lifestyles that we are introducing to them. And the new ones would be Rakan Democracy because of Undi 18. We have Motorsport, Rakan Lita. And actually, Rakan Digital is also new. Why Why we call this Nafas Baru? Like, um, uh, we, we are introducing things that are relevant to youth today. So even though we have Rakan Bumi, Rakan uh, Bumi Alam Skita back then and now, very different. Now we are talking about climate change issue, raising new activists uh, for today's, among today's youth. She also explained what exactly the program aims to achieve. Back then, uh, we had this in school. Now, the education system is a bit segregated. We have Skola uh, Kebangsaan, we have a lot of private schools and international schools. And then you have uh, vernacular schools and then you have Skola Tafis. So Rakan Muda will serve as a platform to unite youth coming from all kinds of background, giving them a platform to find their common interests. And so that's why this 10 new lifestyle will gather you from different places and giving them a chance to really emphasize on the, 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 the interest they have, the things that they enjoy doing. There's something for everybody. We have Rakan Expressive, those who may not be good in science, those who may not be good in physical activities, but they want to express themselves through music, writings. There, there's some, something for everybody. And lastly, the minister also talked about how this program would look like on the ground and how young people can participate. The youth who are interested, they have to just go to KBS website. So we are not creating any new app or we are not directing them elsewhere. They just come to the Ministry of Youth and Sports website. There's this Rakan Muda platform there. They just have to register. And then they, they go through the list of uh, programs according to state. So this ja- uh, Rakan Muda will be driven by Jabatan Belia dan Sukan Negeri. Every state, we have our agency and they will be organizing programs for these 10 lifestyles so all they have to do is to find a state they are in look at all the activities that are happening in their district in their their era and they can just click and then and then show up for the event when they turn up uh, they will be given uh, discount vouchers or code for vouchers Uh, this is where we partner with strategic partners like foodpanda grab shopee and lazada things Apps that young people use a lot every day uh, to encourage them. So when when they turn up for a Rakan Bumi program, um, they will be given a code for one-time registration with these partners. And when they use these apps, they they then can say, you know, this is a discount or this is an a reward for joining a Rakan Muda program. 
uh, later on, we'll be growing our list of strategic partners. And definitely at some point, we would uh, want to have programs inside schools and education ministry, uh, higher education ministry. But at this point of time, the first phase, we are doing this outside first with Jabatan Berlin and Sukan Negeri. We have also spoken to all the, the other ministries. Every ministry has programs for youth. And so those programs will also be listed as a Rakan Muda program. So it's not an exclusive program where only KBS gets to organize the program. We, you know, we're going to grow this. We just want it to be really organic at every district. And every district can have different activities. So, for example, Rakan Bumi in Sarawak will be looking at maybe cave activities, things that interest the youth over there. Mm. In Kuala Lumpur, it may be plogging with Alam Flora. So, we, we want the youth to be working with Jabatan Malay and Sukan Negeri according to every district, the kind of activities they want to see happening uh, close to them. That was Hannah Yeo, Minister of Youth and Sports, talking about Rakan Muda. If you'd like to hear the full podcast, you can look up Can Rakan Muda 2.0 Galvanize a New Generation of Youth? Uh, you can find that on our website, bfm.my, or on the BFM app. So, yeah, in essence, today we're talking about Rakan Muda. Sharad, have you been a Rakan Muda? <laughs> no, so... Uh, I understand it kind of started in the mid-90s. 94. 94. So uh, I was already approaching my 30s. So I was <laughs> sort of edging out of that category of youth already at that point. So no, uh, to your point. But um, I, I must say the logo, I think even the song, you reminded me of the song earlier. Uh, that was quite big in the 90s. I, I remember it being around. It's just that I wasn't invested in it as a individually. So I was always very intrigued by it. I think because... Um, um, because something about, like you said, the way it was marketed didn't scream mandatory or mandatory governmental. And I think that that goes a long way towards uh, achieving that that feeling. So this is, at the, when it was launched, it was supposed to help youths hone their interests with the underlying idea of drawing them away from gajala social, um, you know, drug abuse, things like that. But now it's trying to do a number of different things. So it's trying to allow people to explore personal interests, hobbies. It's trying to help people who uh, are struggling with employment. It's trying to foster national unity. So that is... Rakan Muda 2.0 or the Rakan Muda Refresh. Um, and in line with that, we're asking you, do you think programs like Rakan Muda contribute to national unity? If not, what could work? But also, what values would you like our young people to focus on? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we'll be speaking with Jason Wee, President of Architects of Diversity. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. Baba from Malacca. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 6.16 and today we're talking about Rakan Muda and asking you whether you think programs like this contribute to national unity, what else could we do and what values do you want young Malaysians to focus on? And to highlight, that number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note to 018-789-8899 or drop us a WhatsApp and tweet us at BFM Radio. Speaking with us now, we have Jason Wee, co-founder of Architects of Diversity. Jason, thanks so much for speaking with us today. Thanks for having me and good evening. So our previous conversations on Rakan Muda have, uh, you know, pre often got our listeners sharing their fond memories of the program. From your perspective, why do you think Rakan Muda holds a special place in the hearts of Malaysians? So th this question is difficult because I, I was born in 1996. So, you know, pretty when, by the time I was a teenager, it was pretty far, far past uh, the glory days of Rakan Muda. So for me, um, it, it's a bit strange to suddenly see everyone in the 30s and 40s having this nostalgic effect. But I think it's precisely that, right? That we, one number one, tend to look to the past in a more fun way. But we also need to remember that, I guess, in the 80s and 90s, when Malaysia's economy was booming, um, that was a time when Malaysia was somewhat flourishing, right? And that oftentimes can be associated with a very new program of that time uh, versus today where, you know, youth programs are ubiquitous. You know, you go to any university, you go to any parts of the country, usually uh, some youth programs have touched that uh, area. But Rakan Muda probably emerged in a time where, uh, engagements was pretty low. Yeah, so what do you make of the move to revive Rakan Muda? So I, I, I'll say on the surface and, and think something deeper. I, I think on the surface, it's a smart move to somewhat consolidate the programs 
across the ministry. I mean, really, the issue across with most ministries is that uh, programs like, um, you know, for example, Scholar Democracy is, is not fully utilized uh, or accessible to the reach, right? And so I, I think on a surface level, Rakamuda does a good job in putting together the different buckets of which individuals can see that more clearly. But at the deeper, you know, at the deeper level, I, I think at least just on the benefit side, there is, you know, some sense of cohesion I'm seeing. Uh, but more importantly, it's facilitating public-private uh, cooperation. You know, as an NGO, uh, I know the bureaucracy to get a program through uh, to work with the government or a government ministry, and it helps that Rakanmuda is kind of a front face that helps establish what is the SOP surrounding working together with the government for a public-facing program. So I feel like we're just throwing you complicated questions, but do you think that Rakan Muda is an effective way to foster unity? Yeah, no, this is the question I was looking forward to. Um, so theoretically, as most things are, um, sure, it's great, right? It provides meaningful ways to break the ethno-religious silos that have arguably gotten worse uh, since the 90s. But really, the devil is in the details, right? Um, firstly, I think, you know, KBS has trouble um, recruiting non-Bumiputras. And I'll give a few statistics here from recent programs. So for example, Malaysian Future Leader School, which was, you know, the what the response to the abolishment of PLKN uh, in 2018, um, only 6.97% of participants were Chinese and only 3.69% were Indian, whereas, you know, Bumiputras constituted the large majority, more than 90% of that program. Uh, when we look at some Rakanmuda statistics, which were, were not released, but for the ones that they were for this Rakanmuda sports volunteers in 2021, um, 83% of participants were Malay and only 4% were Indian and 2.5% were Chinese, right? And so at least on who is participating in these programs, if, especially if it's voluntary, uh, my main skepticism is really recruiting a diverse group to ensure that if the idea is of a shared space for youth, that that space is truly just shared and not really mono-ethnic or mono-racial. Um, the second thing I think is really the limits of one-touch programming, especially if you're just spending a few hours together. I mean, if we pre-use the Rakamuda website, a lot of the programming that's currently on the website right now, it's, you know, either going to, for example, an esports program or joining a day workshop. I think that's okay uh, in terms of bursting the bubble, but does spending a few hours with someone else really build strong and deeper friendships that can buttress against the tide of extremism in Malaysia. I look at other government programs in the past, right? We look at PLKN when you spend three months together, or you look at RIMO or Rancangan Integrasi Murid and Tukupaduan, uh, which at that time looked at bringing teams together from different schooling streams and they worked together. At least I was a participant of that. I worked together across a span of months versus say what Rakamuda might be proposing, which is, you know, a few hours. And so I think the real challenge is, is sure, I think on the surface, it looks great, but I think on the practical sense of things, um, will it be effective in facilitating that kind of interpersonal empathy is um, yet much is to be desired. Yes, Jason, so you talk kind of, you bring us some stunning numbers around the question of participation rates, especially for non-Bumis. But why? What, what do we understand about? Was it the design of the program? Was it something about the kids themselves? Uh, yeah. Why the low participation rates? That's a great question. And I think versus say, something like PLKN that was, you know, mandatory by law, uh, where you have to get people to go, right? Um, I think one thing, and this was highlighted in some research surrounding PLKN, was that number one, a lot of government programming is very Malay-centric, both in terms of language as well as the individuals running the programs. Um, and I think this is quite stark. And I've, I've worked with you know a couple of government agencies myself that one of the main advantages of working with you know architects and diversity is that we manage to recruit a diverse portfolio of people. But when it comes to government programming, I think the sentiment number one among a lot of non-Malays um, and non-Mumi Butras is that you know it's it's a lot of distrust surrounding government programs, given historically. Uh, things like BTN or PLKN that had a lot of strong government rhetoric that would either seem oppressive. Uh, the second thing I think is just level of comfort, right? Uh, we need to understand that the level of segregation in the education system is way higher today than it was in the 90s. So whereas, you know, for example, like YB Hana Yo, you know, she attended government, the government system 
from SK to SNK throughout where she, you know, integrated in Subang. Uh, that's not the reality for the majority of individuals. And for, say, if you grew up in a Chinese schooling system, then you might not be incentivized to be attached to a government program whatsoever. So a challenge really uh, for any government program, but especially Rakanmuda, if it does aspire to foster unity, is to be able to paint a more inclusive picture of what the program is and attract individuals that would otherwise not go to government programs. I'd like to talk a little bit about this notion of a an ideal Malaysian youth or young person and, you know, how Rakan Muda can shape that identity because it's a couple of things, right? Whether or not that's maybe the right way or the wrong way to be looking at it and whether the version of this ideal Malaysian youth, quote-unquote, has changed from the program's inception in 1994 to the program's rebirth of sorts in 2023. Mm. I, I mean, I, I think just to to address, like, you know, what, what you said earlier was that um, the Rakan Muda in 1994 was really to combat what loafing or you know, such a weird word, uh, lepak, right? Uh, versus the you know, very different goals that it aspires to today. Um, and I, I think just to address your question, this, the ideal Malaysian youth identity is has been different versus then, right? I, I think in the past, it was just a delinquency-free population. But now suddenly, um, you know, your Malaysian youth are expected to say, be multiracial, are expected to be entrepreneurial, are expected to address all these different challenges and youth identity um, of that what youth should be, right? So I think it's going to be more challenging because it's a more complex uh, scenario. But I think the ideal Malaysian identity, youth identity, one should be a multiracial one. And I think that what is what Rakan Muda should aspire to, uh, especially considering that there's a landscape of youth activities uh, especially ones that are you know monoracial and monoreligious um, that don't necessarily aspire that and that's really a gap in the market to say currently so i think if Rakamuda can paint uh you know an aspirational youth identity of one of continuous growth and exploration of the unknown rather than being terrified or othering different people or different domains that is something good so Let's talk about access, Jason. Um, some people find it difficult to, you know, get to these initiatives because of the decentralized nation, nature of them. Uh, how does Rakamuda navigate the, uh, the literal landscape of the country in terms of delivering these services? Right. So I, I think I've heard from YB, we've heard from YB Hanayo that um, a lot of the operations of it will be through the state machinery as well as public-private partnerships, right? So I, I think that's a great start. Um, especially given that, you know, all the programs are supposedly listed on the website. But at the same time, there needs to be more outreach. Um, if I think if anyone's organized, you know, a youth programs in the past three years, we know that in the post-COVID era, uh, there's a huge demand and supply issue where we've been bombarded really with a lot of accessible online content mainly, right? So for the population of youth who are already interested, I think there's a plentiful level of supply. I think the more difficult bit about creating access is both a issue of instigating demand, so making sure that youth are interested, and that requires, you know, working in concordance with the Ministry of Education and the Ministry of Higher Education, because if it's just something that youth, uh, you know, would access independently, then that might be quite difficult given that information might not reach them. But also, I, I think it's working with existing uh, partners already. And I think that's that was kind of the intention of reducing the redundancies of creating a whole new program and figuring out how it works. I think Rakan Muda entered with a very clear idea that we're not going to um, run all these programs. Um, the best thing to do is create a framework where we can attract more strategic partners to run, run that. So I, I think if Rakan Muda can navigate making these two things work, then it perhaps could, you know, really effectively reach out to individuals better. Jason, we have a minute and a bit. Uh, what else do you think should go hand in hand with Rakan Muda to build a solid and inclusive youth culture in Malaysia? Yeah, that's a great question, because I think in Malaysia, a lot of times we do things for show. Uh, and that's partially due to the KPI system of programs that we have. Um, you know, recently I was in a meeting that discussed how, you know, some university admins uh, were still denying student-led programs that were deemed too controversial, inviting a speaker in that was either political or social media-esque in nature. So again, I, I think, you know, when you ask, how do we build a solid and inclusive youth culture, uh, we need to go back to the basics. 
and ensure fundamentals of e-power to discuss the most controversial issues are there. Because if we're not tackling the hard stuff, then really the point of these programs that are, are really simply going to be cosmetic, uh, a solid and inclusive youth culture needs to be able to build the norms and ability and skills to address the things that end up becoming controversies on a national scale. I would imagine if youth are able to uh, enter spaces that are facilitated with guided uh, practices on how to discuss and how to be discussed, they're respectful of conversations around race and religion, then that youth culture can really truly surpass whatever has been iterated in the past. Jason, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thanks so much for having me. That was Jason Wee, co-founder of Architects of Diversity, talking about youth culture, um, especially in light of Rakan Muda being refreshed, revived, reintroduced. And we're asking you, uh, do you think programs like Rakan Muda contribute to national unity? And what key values do you want Malaysian youths to represent or to highlight? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Balanced Frank Medium. BFM 89.9. It is 6.37 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sherrod. We are talking today about Rakan Muda, which, you know, was first launched in 1994 and hasn't exactly gone away, but has recently been reintroduced and revived by the Ministry of Youth and Sports. They have a number of other things that they're trying to highlight within it, including trying to help people who are struggling with employment to be able to access government aid. They also want to encourage, uh, as Rakan Muda always has, national unity, youth culture. So we're asking you, essentially, do you think that programs like Rakan Muda contribute to national unity? And what sorts of values do you want to see young people in Malaysia really champion or highlight? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note to 018-789-8899. You can drop us a WhatsApp also. And tweet us at BFM Radio. So let's start with a voice note that came in from Roberto. I am not quite sure if we will foster unity because that depends of all different factors that this program is not targeting and uh, unity depends of many other considerations and and conditions that uh, need to be met. But one thing is for sure and let me tell you coming from a country that uh, the youth uh, tries to follow the wrong path. Uh, Rock and Muda, in the way that is presented, or Rock and Muda 2.0, it really helps at least to keep the youth busy with something else that is meaningful for the society and for these uh, youth, at least, in a positive way. That is enough, I guess. Uh, trying to give the youth uh, the benefit of hope the gift of uh, there's a future for them. I think that's that is really, really, really much. By the way, of course, you know, guys, I come from Mexico where our youth is trying to emulate the famous artists from Narcos TV series. So it's not nice. So that kudos for Rakan Muda 2.0. Thank you, Roberto. So um, using Rakan Muda as a jumping off point or as a sort of shining example of what could be. Yeah, and, you know, I think Roberto signals several things, right? We can't expect this to be a revolution, right? Rakan Muda tries to do something. In, in fact, in many ways, it's quite modest and can do something corrective. I think there's an old debate, Lynn, that, you know, when it comes to national culture, the state shouldn't be evolved. It should involve evolve organically. But I think there might be an argument for the role of the state saying the the state must come in to correct things, find gaps, and then fill those gaps with things that are positive. So I'd like to go from that note um, to this one from Arvin who says, the older new Rakan Muda looks good on paper but we always have implementation issues and outcomes the whole program needs to focus on various issues such as language, trainer um, multiracial target groups should be those who are vulnerable what happens after the program, will, the, will there be a post audit, we are already divided so the new Rakan Muda must be made compulsory. Amirul meanwhile says, can we bring back national service so I'd like to, before Arvin we get to your point about auditing 
checking and ensuring that things are, are being done correctly because I think that's very valid. I'd like to talk about compulsory. Um, so I don't think that anything compulsory is seen as desirable. This might be just me, my perspective, and how I remember being a teenager. Um, But if you told me something was compulsory, it made me not want to do it. And I think that the way we talk about national unity needs to be made more interesting and needs to be made more um, hands-on or more engaging. And sure, you can have a mandatory program that is engaging. I'm not saying you cannot. But generally speaking, I think making something compulsory makes it feel like indoctrination rather than saying, hey, there's this fun program, come, meet lots of people. And along the way, just maybe you become a rakan muda. You know, it's just, it's a different way of framing it. Yeah, but I would, you know, say that maybe compulsory is the way to go in only this regard. I know it sets up some initial resistance Mm. to a program, but unless you get everybody in the room, they might not even discover what they might, you know, the, the benefits or make new friendships. And I think the mention of national service is very interesting because uh, some of the positive stories I heard coming out of it was being and encountering people you'd never meet in your life. I mean, you're a middle class kid. You'll never meet somebody you might, you know, Dane as some mud rampet or something like that. Somebody from the working class would never be in your social orbit. Suddenly you put together and maybe something good will come out of it. So, yeah, I'm, I, I'd say compulsory. Jack says, compulsory indoctrination first. <laughs> Start first, refine later. So I get it. Um, I, I understand. I get where you're coming from. Maybe I'm just speaking for myself. Um, I, I would struggle with it if I were told that it was compulsory. And and then I think it's also perhaps worth asking because the, the national service, we're not Singapore, so the, the national service comparison is interesting because ours was a much shorter run uh, in comparison to what you might see elsewhere. So... In the case of Rakan Muda, which has programs um, and a variety of almost streams that you can engage with, what do we mean when we say compulsory? Every weekend? Like, you know, am I, what is it? Like every day after school? You know, so I, I think thinking about what we mean is, is important because national service, everybody goes away to camp. Rakan Muda is not really the same. Yeah, so I, I don't know how it'd be implemented in a compulsory sense. Maybe you'd have to collect some sort of uh, certain number of merits, merit points to complete courses, and that would be the way that you. So you're would gamifying get, it. You're gamifying mm. it, and you you create an incentive to be you know, continue to be in the program. And you're absolutely right. It's nothing like national service in Singapore because that had to do with, in fact, the military architecture and security architecture. But even in Singapore pushing people together, especially the male Singaporeans, to bond and work together from social different social classes was very transformative. So more on that later, because we have messages coming through that are talking about that bond. Um, let us know, do you think programs like Rakan Muda contribute to national unity? What else could we do? And essentially, what values do you think Malaysian youth uh, should be focused on. That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Behind Famous Men. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 6.46 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sherrod. We are talking today about Rakan Muda because uh, this 94, it was launched in 94. That makes it how many years old? 27. What? (laughs) Oh, oh, no, that's right. Yeah, 29. 29. (laughs) Okay, anyways. Um, anyways, we're talking about Rakan Muda and the fact that it's been around for decades, um, but it is also currently being rejuvenated and re-highlighted. And we're asking you, uh, do you think that programs like this really contribute to national unity in a big way? And what values would you like Malaysian youth to represent? Um, that number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, let's see. We have a voice note from somebody who wants to remain anonymous. Well, about the unity, as what the ministers say, I mean, the children come from a different background. For almost 12 years, uh, 
they been i mean they been already been segregated the malays goes to the national school and also the tafi school the chinese almost i mean 99% will be going to this uh, uh scholar jenis kebangsaan ke chinese school and then uh, the indians will be going to the tamil school so for 12 years if you can see they have been segregated you see and now there are some i mean a few majorities are going to uh chinese school and tamil school the other races but the unity must start from young you see and due to our national school i mean the standards i'm not sure parents prefer i mean the mother tongue language you see because of the sh- the shortage i'm not sure because of the lack of mother tongue education so each race preferred to send their school to jenis kebangsaan so i don't think so unity i mean i mean the the program there is a diverse program for rakan muda now but but the basic but the basic from year year 7 to year when they 12 years old they have been in in a, in a school they have been segregated by race i don't think so it plays a part for unity thank you Thank you, Anon. You're not alone. Um, so Siva says inclusion should start from school. Um, example, the selection of futsal or football includes all and not just one race. My boys weren't selected or told of selection at school, but they're champs at university in Medan and Golden Boots. Um, Murali says, my personal opinion is firstly, get rid of political and racial extremists and then this program will succeed. Well, you know, I'd say to Murali that maybe you think it the other way around, that the success of the program will in fact be the marginalization of extremist voices in the country like we think this is a long term project right and in fact what they say what the i think the 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 understanding of the diagnosis is precisely because we have all these different uh, education streams and streams and we respect them for what they are that we need to find a bridging mechanism and i think that is what uh, the purpose of rakan muda is recognizing the diversity and all these different experiences how can you find one platform that brings them together yes so but to the other points right about schools i think um, today is not the show simply because if we were really to get into this issue of our education system it would just no show could be the show uh, we would have to keep talking about it at infinitum but i think that there is a valid point to be had about at what age do people finally meet people who are different to them and i think that makes a difference right meeting somebody who eats differently to you speaks differently to you feels different to you at the age of um 6 or 7 is very different from meeting them at the age of 15 and 16. So, I think that there is something to be said about how it is that we can bring people together at a younger age if we start on the basis that it might not be happening in school. Yeah, but you know, so I think we we often focus on the race and religion things that div- I know, divisions, mm-hmm. but there are also divisions based on class, and there are also divisions based on opportunities that happen because you live in rural Malaysia as opposed to urban Malaysia. There are differences of you know, like you just saying, who do you meet, and it's got to do with your gated community. If you in a fairly mono ethnic gated community, that is going to be your experience of the country, right? And that's got nothing to do with education. So, uh, kids are. T- home they might go from a very multiracial school to a very mono ethnic gated community and then you know and and so and then on who so gets forth. invited home yeah and who mm. gets yeah and who your neighbors are and yeah. who, the kind of warmth and amity between neighbors also right uh, so i think what the government is trying to do is that it can't solve all these problems they can't have one single system so what it does is to say okay we accept the diversity let's find a way of bringing people regardless of that diversity into the same platform maybe some empathy will be built so i like this from cameron nizam who says maybe we can focus on periodical social gatherings charity work nation building gotong royong was once very popular agree that we should start early um interschool integration should include visiting and mixing between schools. Yeah, Gotten Wrong I think it was one of those strong but it's really again it's very community driven. We think of it as kind of rural Malaysia uh durian parties, you know, kind of post 1969 uh remedy for tensions within society. Food brings us together. The mama you know heavily theorized that the space where all Malaysians can come right and so there are these things that happen organically you know that doesn't require government but when you want to think about government investing in some program what would
would be and would it look like Rakamuda? So in the case of Cameronism, since we're talking about starting earlier, um, I think that that is where something that is closer to a community program makes more sense, right? Where it's not necessarily something as formal or centralised as Rakamuda, but instead um, in the school integration is interesting because that's something that can happen Actually, I don't know, but it should be able to happen theoretically between schools where you arrange for visits. You you know, that, that kind of engagement can happen and it doesn't have to involve uh, a governmental program with, as uh, our guest put it earlier, KPIs, because we know that that can be a double-edged sword where people do something just to have done it and not necessarily to have seen whether it was, in fact, um, useful. So... I love this one from Shamil because Shamil says, I was in Rakan Muda back in university. I met lots of new people, people that I don't normally meet in my normal everyday life. So yeah, it's good for our youth to have Rakan Muda again. Uh, what's the age limit? I'm feeling nostalgic. Would love to join. So not Muda, but has the feeling. Lah. Yeah. Okay. I, I wonder about this whole meeting. I mean, you think that social organizations, if you were in a religious group, right, how much is your religious group, whatever it may be, reach out to people outside that religious community or seek to find, uh, a, you know, forms of association with other communities? Actually, can I just say, though, um, I think the fact that you use the word group and community multiple times in that sentence tells us something. Because the thing about something like a Rakan Muda or a program is that you're an individual with other individuals. And yeah, you know, you're representing a group or whatever, but I think it's very different engaging with communities as a member of a group, right? Because you're already coming in as part of a cohort. You're together and then you are meeting strangers. It's a very different setting than just people meeting people. And I think that's a completely different thing. Yeah, well, I think that we all go as individuals, uh, potentially we see ourselves as individuals, but we're often seen as representatives of a group whether we like it or not I mean it's, it can be very annoying if, especially if you're super individualistic as uh, as I am I, I don't see myself as being a representative of the Indian community or the Malayali community or you know the bald 50 uh, year olds or whatever it is uh, tribes that I could be kind of categorized as part of I don't bald 50 year olds are it tribes is a tribe. it is a tribe I, I, I kid you not it is a tribe <laughs> please bald Indian men over 50 please Please stand up and make yourself uh, known. I, I do think that, unfortunately, we do live in a world where tribes are seen they, and and we will get, um, you know, um, tagged as such. The point is, should government get involved in this? And if they do it, is the Rakamuda project a valuable experiment or um, initiative? Because I like the fact that they do like Rakan democracy, Rakan bumi which I think is what, if you ask me what values, I would love to see younger people involved in saving this planet. Which I think um, many people would be invested in anyway, because it is their future more so than it is, um, you know, the people who are preaching at them about it. So Naga says, a good, well-thought-out Rakan Muda program would certainly promote the positive aspects of a multicultural society. It should encourage young minds um, from being... It should discourage young minds from being narrow-minded and preoccupied with issues of race and religion. It should aim to integrate young people into a unified force in promoting a positive, progressive society where everyone has a place. I know this is not easy with so much diversity among us, but it should start somewhere. It has been neglected all along. Yeah, Naga, I love your idea of, you know, kind of people plugging into a, the notion of being progressive, right? And I wonder if it we, in some sense, need to create young people who are internationalists in their view. It's not just about Malaysia. It's about the diversity that's in the region and globally. Oh, I really like that. I think that that is important because it is... Uh, I, it, when we get to... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Parochial? When, pro, yeah, yes, yes. Provincial was what provincial. I was going to say, ah, yes. yes. Um, I think when we get too provincial, that is when the temptation to go overly nationalistic um, and to get very, very caught up in issues that maybe don't have that much bearing. Um, that's partly where that comes from. Um, Bhavan says, Rakan Muda is the best way to create camaraderie, uh, camaraderie among youth, regardless of race and religion, brings people together. The only way to tackle divisive politics uh, from politicians looking to break Malaysia, which I think was a point you made earlier, Sharad. 
Yeah, you know, when you see actually Pakatan Rakyat as in its first iteration before it became Pakatan Harapan, also brought people together, not just the politicians, right, the middle-ranking people. That's what the analysts talk about. But also, I think, disasters. We see in disasters people coming together, regardless of race, because they're trying to deal with a problem. So when we had that, those terrible floods, you do see Malaysians come out. They, they do, in fact, operate beyond their tribe, as it were, uh, because they're forced to by circumstances. Okay, um, a number of people highlighting what they'd like to see. Lokman says, Rakan Muda should focus on rebuilding basic manners among youths today, which is a very low standard compared to previous generations. Fadzli says, I think fostering unity is too high an expectation to put on a single programme. That said, it would definitely help. What I hope to see in young Malaysians, I don't know, but I'll settle for some basic respect and openness to understand each other. Uh, Fadzli, that was going to be mine as well. I- I'd like to see open-mindedness being fostered. Yeah, and so the question is, do these programs build into that, the building the capacity to have a dialogue, to be truly and genuinely open to somebody else's perspective? That would be interesting. And how that gets mediated or, or discussed, I think, yes, you're right. Um, anyways, let us know. We are talking today about Rakan Muda, which never really went away, but is currently being sort of revived and refreshed. And so we thought it was the right time to discuss. Do you think programs like Rakan Muda contribute to national unity? What sorts of values would you like to see Malaysian youths embrace or represent? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we will also be hearing from a student and rep um, in the second part of our show. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. Bole for Malaysia. Ha. BFM 89.9, the business station. It is 7.08. You're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sherrod. And we are, as promised, continuing to talk about Rakan Muda and asking you, do you think that programs like Rakan Muda contribute to national unity? What sorts of values do you want to see Malaysian youth focusing on or highlighting? You can call 7733-2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. We have some voice notes now. Let's start with this one from Sharon. I think the Rakan Muda is a good uh, program to revive. Uh, it should have a clear direction, objective set, and I think if it's under uh, Hena Yo and all, I, f- uh, I feel the prospects are good. Um, one idea to implement within Rakan Muda is to get um, uh, basically youths who are after SPM to actually select a national project of their choice. I mean, not of their choice, like give them a national project uh, based on uh, senior citizen, animals, welfare home, uh, rural development for tourism, a certain project, I mean, a certain category. Let all the Rakan Muda kids take what they want and then form groups, maybe three from KL and three from a Kuantan village and uh, pair put them in a team for three months or a month just to work together in a certain district or whatever and come up with a whole proposal for their project on how to improve senior citizens' care or how to improve civil service in a particular, you know, and so where they go, they kind of like um, get uh, exposure to uh, things around Malaysia that they could be interested in. Uh, and if they are multiracial groups, they get exposed to students from other states. Uh, I think that's wonderful because what our youth lack is actually the ability to uh, connect with the many diverse young Malaysians there are out there. And uh, this will give them an opportunity to see how much, uh, how many ideas there are out there, how many different kind of thinking, and uh, and make them work together. And this national project could actually be evaluated for their scholarship possibilities or, you know, into getting into public universities. Something like that. I think uh, we should put our brains together and use all these resources and combine and integrate them so you get the benefits you want for on other aspects of national development as well. And make it voluntary, not mandatory. Allow people to opt out if they don't want to be part of this. Um, I think, yeah, just having making it mandatory leads to lots of criticism. So if you allow the opt-out option, you kind of silence the dissenters. 
Sharon, thank you so much. I think that, uh, well, I love how detailed your idea is. And I, I think that the notion of bringing people together from different states, different backgrounds, and giving them a very specific project focus, all very interesting. Yeah, and um, I, I'm I'm curious about your background, wh- how you come to think so deeply about this, Sharon. But uh, there's another thing that you mentioned I thought was also important and a bit of a paradox, which is that if the problem is kids connecting it, in an era where connection is everywhere, Facebook and TikTok, every technology that is the disposable of a child with a d- device is about con- apparently connecting to the world. Yeah, so I, I think connecting needs to be said with a with a certain tone <laughs> because I, I don't think that kind of connection is as straightforward as the, the kind that you might get from spending a day in person with somebody. Uh, you know, it, it, is, it is slightly different. We have uh, Boon who says... Over the weekends, you know, Saturday, into school within states, have competitions yearly representing their groups, um, also focusing on youth to be more proactive and mixing together harmoniously among ourselves. So a series of ideas. Yeah, again, uh, but there's also this, doesn't sports do that to some extent? Bring kids from different areas with like-minded interests? Well, what kind of sports, right? And then also is sports enough? Because if it's only competitive sports, that doesn't necessarily do... It yeah, all, and, and, and there's always a bit of tribalism in sports too. Mm, yeah, that's very true, which we heard brought up earlier by another listener, I think Siva, earlier. Uh, okay, our next voice note, we have this from Michael. Okay, you talk about Rakan Muda, then I think I'm right smack in that age group back then. Uh, because you mentioned that it was launched in 1994, so I think, yeah, I was in Standard 6, then 1995, uh, I was in Form 1. So back then, yeah, I, I totally remember about Raka Muda. I read a lot about it. Uh, I mean, on a newspaper, in the in the TV, a lot of advertisement about it. But come to think about it, I don't know. Uh, I never joined any any activities at all from Raka Muda. I, I don't remember seeing it in school or they have some any activities at all. I mean, among uh, okay, I, I came from a small town, so I don't know, maybe uh, Raka Muda in KL is probably more happening. But def- I don't remember anything about Raka Muda uh, back then, I mean, um, school level or, 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 or happened in my place. But I, in, I, I joined the, the activities in my school. I mean, I was a scout and uh, very active in it. So maybe my school offer a better program than Rakamuda, hence it doesn't, uh, hence uh, I didn't even think more about Rakamuda back then. Michael, thank you for that. Um, love hearing from someone who's like, yeah, you know, I know it's supposed to be around, but I, I didn't actually get that because I think it gets at a point of conversation that we were raising with our guest earlier about how to ensure that people actually know about it, people get exposure to it, people want to be a part of it. Yeah, Michael Tesker also reminded me about scouts and the, and the scouting and girl guide movement, which is a global movement. And in Malaysia, it was very strong. I, I was a scout, you know, I went camping. and But I also, you know, was in the national school at a time that it was much more diverse and multi-ethnic than apparently it's become. And so I don't know what the scout uh, scouting uh, movement looks like in Malaysia anymore and where it's gone. But that was a, a point of meeting. Measy, in closing, uh, like what one of the listeners said, Rakan Muda would be good to keep the young busy. If we get some benefits from mixing around with other races, then that's a bonus. being that, discrimination of any type usually starts from the home, from the day we are born. If we personally don't want to change, no government or law would be effective. It's up to us. So what qualities do I hope for in our young ones? Responsibility, honesty, integrity, good manners and civic mindedness. Good manners comes up a lot, doesn't yes, it? Yes, yes, it has been. And I think it's interesting also considering our Twitter conversation today, uh, which was a separate issue, but related, I think. All right, keep those thoughts coming. Uh, do you think that Rakan Muda or programs like it contribute to national unity? What values do you want to see young Malaysians embrace? Uh, you can call 7773-2900, send a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. 
After this, we're going to be joined by Wan Amshar Hadi Wan Mahadi, President of the National Student Representative Council. Keep it here on Inside Story, BFM 89.9. Boosting Female Ministers, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 7.18 and you're listening to Inside Story with Lynn and Sherrod. We are talking today about Rakan Muda uh, and how it contributes to national unity or youth culture. Keep those thoughts coming. You can call 7733-2900, send a voice note to 018-789-8899. You can drop a WhatsApp also and tweet us at BFM Radio. Speaking with us now, uh, we have one Amshar Hadi Wan Mahadi, President of the National Student Representative Council. Amshar, thanks for speaking with us today. Hi, thank you. So, um, as a student leader, how do you view this refresh of the Rakan Muda program? So, as for the question, uh, how do I view Rakan Muda as a refresh for this youth? And be- before I start, I mean, I, mean um, I want to ask if I do some mistakes, yes, correct me. Um, if I know uh, the Rakan Muda program really introduced by the youth and sports minister is maybe one of the efforts to build the identity of the youth in this country that said by the recently. And if I don't mis- if I don't mistake it, this recommended program was first introduced in nineteen ninety four. So as a for this refresh, I think this is a good thing then a good initiative uh, that that they have been taken by the government to aim at empowering youth through various activities and opportunities. And as a student leader, I think this recommendation refresh may be a good start for, uh, for a group of youth to start uh, their own initiative and be uh, as a future leader of this country. Amsha, from your personal observations, uh, how do you think students and young people respond to government-led uh, initiatives that are about empl- uh, empowerment? What do you think attracts them? Mm, yeah, if, if we can see this uh, recommended refresh, there's a new, I think, 10, I think, there's 10 initiatives, right? If I don't mistaken about this recommended uh, things, there is, they are focusing on 10 gaya hidup. Yeah, that's it. As we know, there are things like Rakan Native, Rakan Bumi, Rakan Jemun, Democracy, digital music, Mahilita, Espresi, and so on. That there's 10 things that was being promoted by recommended new phase, new uh, refreshment. So as I can share, this, this is one thing that we as a students and as youth see that this is good things uh, that are produced by the government to attract youth and students, including us, to be involving with communities with um, yeah, we know we want to grow a great um, youth at the, in the country. So this is I think, one of the good things that um, introduced by the government. Young people often see platforms that enable them to connect with others, share experience, collaborate on projects that address common challenges. I think this program like Rakamuda that emphasize unity and youth identity can resonate with individual individuals who want to be part of a larger community and uh, contribute to their society and develop a strong self, strong sense of self. But however, it's important um, to recognize that this individual interest in this youth and what are the things that they like, we, we should prioritize what are the things that they might need and what are they like. Some of the youth may actively engage with and support initiatives like Rakamuda, but some others may have different interests or priorities. Um, maybe factors such as personal circumstances, culture background, social environment, and individual expression can influence the level of uh, interest and engagement among young people. So I think from my perspective of student leaders, this is one of platform that we can use to express uh, our feelings, express uh, what we want as a youth to contribute contrib- back to the society. Uh, I'm sure I think the line is a little tough, so we're going to give you a phone call. Um, in the meantime, though, keep those thoughts coming on the subject of Rakan Muda and how it as a program contributes to national unity. So we have um, a number of points that have come in. Timberwolf on Twitter says... 
NS combined with Rakan Muda is the best way to install na- instill national <laughs> unity. Set a mandatory one-year program, six months NS, six months of Rakan Muda. NS is for instilling discipline and unity. Rakan Muda is to explore what they want to pursue or their interests. Most youths don't know what they want. Timber Wolf, I wish it was as easy as installing a sort of microchip at the back of You know, we're talking about some really difficult things to pin down, right? National unity, this feeling of empathy, not just for your neighbours, but for the for everybody in the nation. That is 32 million people stretched across, you know, the great expanse of the, the two territories that we have, right? Uh, East and West Malaysia, you know, divided by the South China Sea. It's a hard ask, right, you know, to have that feeling. So what is it that we want? And I wonder if it's much more modest. Uh, well, there's that. Uh, but the other part of it is, I think, what you're talking about is a gap year, actually. It's a government-mandated gap year, <laughs> which I think a lot of people, if they could manage it, would be very grateful for. Um, okay, on the line, back with us, we have uh, Amshar. Amshar, hi, can you hear us? Hi, yes, I can do. Okay, great. So um, you were talking earlier about um, how students have responded to things like Rakan Muda, and I wanted to know, do you resonate with Rakan Muda's aspirations of unity and youth identity? Is this something that, you know, uh, people in your in your peer group actually think about or are invested in? Yeah, from my perspective for, for, for students, this is quite new thing for us. I said this is a refresh for youth program. But if we look back to the program for this youth, there's sometimes a gap between the students and the youth. Yeah, you can know. The students commonly in the universities focusing on the program that held in the universities and the campus. So this program of youth, especially in this recommoder, um, focusing on youth development in society, in uh, yeah, we, we can we can see the program more likely to be held in in the state or in the villages and the community at the district. So I think there's a gap between these students and youth at the community back there. But I think if we are going to promote this community as a new things that can attract students also to involve in this Rakamuda, I think it's better uh, for we to empower Rakamuda in campus. As we know, we in the campus, we have we also had the Rakamuda club in the campus. Most of the university, they, they actually have uh, own Rakamuda club, which is um, involving the students. So I think this is, this is a platform that we should be trying uh, empower um, Power Rakamuda at the campus, we try the student to not just be involved in the program held in the universities, but we can also push them or give them the opportunities to they give back to the society, to their, their hometown, when they back to the hometown, then they actually can contribute back to their hometown. Not just be active in university, then when we then then when we then they go back to the hometown, then they don't do anything. So this is something like something new, something that I think most of the students doesn't really know yet about this. Then I think this is the time we have to promote the biggest things and for all the students to know that this initiative um, we have not only focusing on the youth and their history or at the community, but this, the students also should be admittedly involved in this. Amshar, thank you so much for speaking with us. Um, that was one Amshar Hadi Wan Mahdi, President of the National Student Representative Council. And uh, speaking a little bit about Rakan Muda and some student reactions to it. So if we head back to the messages, um, we have this from... AAA, who says, I am a product of Skola Kebangsaan in the late 70s and the Royal Military College in the 80s. We mixed around with all Malaysians. Um, The 11 years in the schools shaped me to who I am today, i.e. accepting, not just tolerating others for who they are. Like it or not, shaping one from young is the way to go for unity. Therefore, Rakan Muda is a good restart considering the challenges of current various school types, economic segregation, especially in the cities, and extreme political views. The program must be continuous and long-term until the until it actually works, um, not just run for a few months. It must have clear, tangible deliverables. It must be made mandatory. All leaders in the shape of Penghulu, Ketua Kampung, JKKK, Majlis leaders, etc. must be involved as coaches, mentors, or sponsors.
Yeah, Adli, you know, I come from your generation as well in terms of um, these concerns, right, of what the drift that the country has gone through and then what is the corrective effort that uh, can be taken at this point in time? I, I mean, we're running out the the clock at the moment. It's it's almost time. But I think, so. I, there's so much in here that I agree with in that, um, you know, creating a solid program, something that brings people together. I think we're all in agreement that that is a good thing. I, I think that if we want to have clear, tangible deliv- deliverables, then we also need to make sure that those goals, while being clear and tangible, aren't just achieved for achievement's sake. Because I think we've just seen that happen in the past. And I understand the compulsion to want it. I understand asking for it. I do think it's important. But the way we phrase it and talk about it, language is going to be very important. Are you concerned about um, that become tokenistic? Is that yes, your concern? Uh, tokenistic and also just rote. I don't think that this is a program that should become rote. Mm. Uh, you know, the, the, I think this, because there's this mystery involved i mean i think is that we can bring people together you don't necessarily force them to like each other right you, to get to the level of going be as aa put it on more than tolerance right acceptance and embracing the other in their difference is a is a long journey i think for a lot of people it's a, a lifelong journey. it's a lifelong journey mm-hmm. isn't it yeah, perhaps so. Um, so we'll see where Rakan Muda gets us. Um, it is back and rejuvenated. You have been listening to an entire inside story about it. That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. Send a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Keep it here, BFM eighty nine point nine. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station. For more stories of the same kind. Download the VFM app.